When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, the cold winter months are officially here, and this is where you need your windows to be on their game. This is where energy efficiency is really, really important. Keeping your home energy efficient keeps you and your family cozy and saves you on energy bills, which is huge during the winter months. And again, your windows are vital in this fight. Pella uses low-E glass and double-pane glass with insulating gas to keep the warm inside and the cold outside. Find out more by contacting your local Pella Omaha and Lincoln expert today or go online to PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. It is that time of the year. Temperature Tuesdays are back at Runza. Every Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. It's a tradition unlike any other, baby, so make sure you take advantage of this incredible deal every single Tuesday in January and February at Runza. Temperature Tuesdays are back. Let's go. Runza makes it all better. All right, welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast. And uh, real quick, before I get into my uh, my my topic du jour on the pod, which is is my my ten thoughts slash questions about Nebraska's quarterback situation for next year. But before I get into that, I want to get my quick thoughts on Chubba Purdy officially coming to Nebraska and arriving in Lincoln, and he's going to be a Husker second transfer portal quarterback taken for Scott Frost, Mark Whipple, and company. Because that news broke uh, over the past week, and uh, I, I want to I touch on this quick. It, it seemed like all signs were pointing towards Chubba Purdy coming to Nebraska. I had Sean Callahan of Rivals on Husker Online on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. It certainly felt like things were trending towards that. But I got to be honest, I thought that once Casey Thompson committed to Nebraska, I thought there was a chance that that Chubba Purdy was was maybe now not going to arrive in Lincoln, not going to come to Lincoln and, and, and be a Husker. And the fact that, that Chubba Purdy came and is coming to, to Nebraska – to me, is a great sign for everyone involved. Let me explain. First of all, I think the fact that both quarterbacks, Thompson and, Pert, and, and Chubba Purdy, were cool with the other one coming is great. Because I have to imagine Casey Thompson was aware of and signed off on bringing Chubba Purdy to Nebraska there's just no way they blindsided Casey Thompson with that. There's no way Casey Thompson was driving around Lincoln and all of a sudden got the news that Chubba Purdy was coming. There's just no way. I can guarantee that that 
something was discussed during the recruiting process. I, I just I have to imagine that Frost and Whipple were upfront and honest about wanting to bring in two transfer portal quarterbacks. So I think it's great that Casey Thompson was good with it. And then obviously, I think it's great that Chubba Purdy was cool with another quarterback coming as well. That you know that one we know for sure. We we know that I mean Chubba Purdy committed with with Casey Thompson already in the fold at Nebraska. And I think that's a great sign for Chubba. I've talked about this before. Most people that transfer are are seeking guarantees. Most people that enter the transfer portal are seeking some sort of guarantee. And certainly because of the nature of the quarterback spot, you can only play one. They're really looking for a guarantee. You can play multiple wide receivers, multiple defensive backs, multiple running backs, but you only play one quarterback, at least on paper, right? And this is their one free transfer, right? Any more transfers, they'd have to sit out a year. So this this move has to work and has to get them on the field, for lack of a better term. And because of that, most transfer quarterbacks are seeking a guarantee of some kind of getting the starting spot. So the fact that both guys were cool with this two-quarterback situation bringing in two new quarterbacks speaks to Number one, and you know, first of all, how it works from an from an age difference standpoint, just just kind of on paper, right? It'd be different if they both had one year. Like they both are coming in, they had one year to play, then it's a little different. But Casey Thompson has two years of eligibility left. Chubba Purdy has four years of eligibility left. So in theory, on paper, Casey Thompson could start for two years, and then Chubba Purdy could start for two years right after that. That's number one. But maybe most important, I think it speaks to where both guys' heads are at. They're both willing to compete for the job. That is evident. And that is a great, great, great thing. Competition is good. And as we've learned over the years, quarterbacks get hurt. You likely are going to need a good backup. Just think about all the backup quarterbacks that have started games at Nebraska just in the past 10 or so years. Logan Smothers, Luke McCaffrey, Noah Vedral, Andrew Bunch, Riker Fife, Ron Kellogg III, Tommy Armstrong. Not, I mean, th- not to mention guys like Joe Gans, who, who, Joe Gans or players like Cody Green and Zach Lee who, who filled in in extensive spots like and, of course, the most famous one of them all for Nebraska lure, Brooke Berenger, going back to 94-95. So you, you need a good, capable, ready-to-rock backup that you almost consider a 1B to the starter 1A. So I think it reflects great on the two quarterbacks specifically. And then lastly, I think it's a great sign for the coaching staff and where their heads are at in the moment, in particular, Scott Frost. I was thinking about this situation and and then even kind of reflecting on the coaches I've played for and, and sports with, with, with that, and I, I've, I kind of arrived on this thought. One of the hardest parts about being a coach or a leader is – 
you have to simultaneously care deeply about your players' feelings, but also not at the same time. You have to care about the mental state of your players and how they view and feel about things, but never at the expense of the group, never to the point where it totally alters maybe what is the right move to make, right thing to do. You have to be genuine and caring, but also cutthroat at the same time. I've always thought that, like, you know, I, for a while I've I've I had the 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 coaching itch, and you know there are always times you, I always think about like, man, what would I do if I was a coach? Uh, do I want to coach? Don't want to coach? but sometimes I think I'm too nice of a guy to be a coach. Like I'm too, and I don't want to say, like I'm too non-confrontational of a guy. I'm a pleaser. I want people to like me. I I, I want I don't want conflict. I, I want you to like me. And that's not necessarily a good thing for a coach. Being a coach is hard. I mean, you have to be there for your players and be a father figure to them and care about their mental state, but also be cutthroat at the same time. And the reality is, I think if we're being honest, I think Scott Frost maybe was too nice and not cutthroat enough with this quarterback situation up until now. I was a, I've been a Martinez defender over the course of his time at Nebraska. I do think Adrian Martinez gave Nebraska the best chance to win. But do I also think Scott Frost probably had a blind spot and a soft spot for Adrian Martinez? I do. I do. And and that's what's tough. You you worry you worry too much about feelings, that'll get you beat as a coach. You you care too much about how a certain guy is is feeling or try to try to protect his mental state that that could uh, that could get you beat as a coach now of course the opposite can be true too you neglect your players feelings and emotions and treat them like they're they're just names on a on a piece of paper and and not human beings that'll get you beat too so th- there's a balance there and that balance is tough like i heard ed cooley head coach of of the providence friars say this to me once when we, we were discussing leadership over a Zoom last year before I was calling one of his games. He, he, he said to me, he goes, do you want to be liked or do you want to win? And I, I kind of st- struck me. I was like, oh, do you want to be liked or do you want to win? Because sometimes those two things are at odds. Like, I'm sure Chubba Purdy doesn't necessarily like that Casey Thompson is coming. And I'm I'm sure that that Casey Thompson doesn't necessarily like that Chubba Purdy's coming. But having both guys gives Nebraska the best chance to win. And at the end of the day, Scott Frost and the coaching staff have to be loyal to that over individual players' feelings, emotions, states of mind. That being doing what gives Nebraska the best chance to win. And I think the fact that that Chubba came knowing that Casey Thompson is is at Nebraska and the fact that Casey Thompson signed off on Nebraska going and getting Chubba Purdy after he committed and the coaching staff going and, and landing two quarterbacks 
to me, is a great sign that all parties involved are loyal to and focused on one thing. Winning. Winning. Okay, so I I wanted to start with that. So, with... Because I felt like we had to, before we could get into the quarterback situation, kind of had to set the stage with with Chubba Purdy coming into the uh, to the equation of the Florida State transfer, who's got about the same amount of starting experience as Logan Smothers, uh, by the way, but he's a four star uh, recruit at a at a high school. Um, so with Nebraska's quarterback situation kind of officially set, second semester is underway. Spring ball is going to get started in about a month here, a little over a month. I've been doing a lot of thinking about that quarterback spot, both with the players and the coaches involved. When you think about the casting characters involved with the quarterback and all that, you got Scott Frost, obviously. Mark Whipple is the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And then the quarterbacks themselves, Chubba Purdy, Casey Thompson, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg, and then the freshman, Richard Torres. So I sat down this morning over a, a cup of coffee and just started typing away what was jumping out at me with the quarterback spot and the situation kind of all-encompassing right now for Nebraska. Here are 10 thoughts slash questions I have about Nebraska's quarterback situation right now. Here we go. Number one, thought number one. So if, if you really think about it, Nebraska didn't have a talent playmaking deficiency at the quarterback spot over the last four years and last year in particular. They didn't. They more so had a turnover and late game issue deficiency at that spot. But here's the thing. I'll be honest with you guys. I can't turn on this mic if you were sitting in in the room with me. I I can't look you in the eye and tell you that Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy are definitely more talented than Adrian Martinez. I can't do that. But the question is, are they smarter with the football? Are they better in the big moments? Fourth quarter, tie game, big third down. Second half on the road at Purdue. That's really what Nebraska has been looking for. Let's be real. Pound for pound, Nebraska has had one of the most talented players in the Big Ten at the quarterback spot with Martinez for four years. But talent doesn't always equate to wins. That position is so much more than just raw talent. I mean, to be honest with you guys, I kind of I'd find it hard to believe that either of the guys that Nebraska brought in, Chubba or Casey Thompson, have more raw talent than Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez is a talented dude. But you know what? There have been a ton of lesser talented quarterbacks outduel Martinez and beat Nebraska over the last four years. And I, you know, I was talking to someone at the. I, I was doing the Creighton St. John's basketball game, and so I was at the CHI Health Center, and I, and I was talking to someone, and and of course, with me, I, sometimes the football always comes up with certain conversations I have with people. But I was talking to someone, and they asked me, so they said, "Hey, so do you think Casey Thompson is for sure better than Adrian Martinez?" And I kind of froze because I hadn't really been directly asked that question publicly and been put on the spot. I kind of froze. I was like, well, and my answer was, 
I guess I don't really look at it like that. That being like pitting one quarterback singularly against the other like it's a tail of the tape UFC boxing match. To me, it's it's more so about being better in certain areas, a.k.a. crunch time and decision-making. And I'll say this, it's hard to be much worse than Adrian Martinez was in those two areas. Thought number two, building off of that first thought that I just laid out for you, and this thought is just being honest and real, and this could come off like a Debbie Downer, but I think it's just being realistic. So circling back to what I just talked about, Nebraska didn't have a talent playmaking deficiency issue at quarterback. Nebraska, in, in, in a lot of ways, at the end of the day, just had a finding a way to win problem. And fair or not, a lot of that fell at the feet of Adrian Martinez. Right or wrong, that's the, that's the nature of the quarterback position, right? We talk about that all the time. But if we're being real, it's not like either of these quarterbacks, Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy, it's not like either quarterback won or came from a great winning situation. So who really knows if both these guys are definitive upgrades over Adrian Martinez? They could be. I hope they are. But who knows? And trust me, I am chugging the winning the offseason Nebraska football Kool-Aid too. You, I, if you listen to my last podcast, I spent the first 15 minutes patting Scott Frost on the back on all that he's done over the course of the last two months, filling the coaching staff out and landing what I think relative to Nebraska's situation about as too good a quarterbacks as they could have found in Thompson and Purdy. Like, I've been chugging the, the Kool-Aid as well. But at the end of the day, Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy come from two programs in Texas and Florida State that have struggled a lot over the last couple of years to varying degrees. Casey Thompson was a backup at Texas for most of his career. And the bottom line is, Casey Thompson didn't have a winning record as a starting quarterback. Chubba Purdy started one game at Florida State, was a backup otherwise, left midseason to hit the transfer portal, and Florida State in his time there went 3-6 and six and 5-7. and seven. So all I'm saying is, we are all being a little hypocritical in that we we wanted Adrian Martinez out of town and simply pointed to the he didn't win card. He didn't win. All that matters is the record. Wins and losses, he didn't win. Well, if we want to play that card and be bottom line results oriented and say it's all about wins and losses, well, neither of these guys got a definitively better resume than Martinez on that front. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer for a second, but I feel like I can acknowledge that and at the same time be excited about the changes at the quarterback spot for next year. Which leads me into thought number three. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. 
by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. That will take two seconds to, to lay out. Given everything I just talked about, Going back to the conversation I was having with someone at the at the Creighton basketball game about Martinez and the new quarterbacks coming in, this that same person then asked me as we were talking about Chuba and Casey Thompson and all that stuff. Basically, asked me straight up. So now that it's officially done on all fronts, was it the right move to move on from Martinez? In your opinion. And I know we've chatted about this a bunch over the last couple of months, but now that the dust has kind of officially settled on all fronts, Martinez did transfer out. He's at K-State. Nebraska did hit the transfer portal. They brought in two transfer quarter, portal quarterbacks. Now that the dust has kind of settled on what was going to happen at that spot, I think I it's, it's fair to circle back and say definitively, for me, on the record, yes, I think it was 100% the right move to make. It had to be done. Nebraska needed some new blood at that quarterback spot. No doubt about it. So, yes, this was the right move. Thought number four. Is it a mistake to just 100% assume that the starter for game number one next year will be Casey Thompson? That, that's kind of been the thought, and that's been the talk. You, you pull Husker Nation right now, who's going to start? I mean, I, my guess is it would be 90-plus percent of people would say it's going to be Casey Thompson. And don't get me wrong, I think he's definitely the odds-on favorite to be the day-one starter. But you don't really know, right? You just don't. And the reason I even ask the question is... Keep in mind, Mark Whipple has liked Chubba Purdy for a long time. Mark Whipple liked and recruited Chubba Purdy out of high school to come to Pitt. Mark Whipple liked and recruited Chubba Purdy to come to Pitt when Purdy announced that he was transferring from Florida State. And then even when Mark Whipple left Pitt and went to Nebraska, Mark Whipple liked and recruited Chubba Purdy to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. Bottom line is, Mark Whipple has had three different instances, three different checkpoints of his time. Every every time's a little different. Like, you may like a guy for a certain set of circumstances, and it may not work for the next set of circumstances, right? But the bottom line is, Mark Wibble's had three different instances where he had a choice to make on who to recruit as a quarterback. 
And each time, he chose Chubba Purdy. That's something. I'm just saying, that's something. All I'm saying is clearly Mark Whipple likes him some Chubba Purdy a little bit. Now, I don't know really what to think. Again, I'd peg Casey Thompson as a starter because he is, he does have more experience. He is older. But I just find Whipple's liking of Chubba Purdy interesting with all this. Again, three different times. Three different checkpoints in his career. He had a choice on, okay, I need a quarterback, Chubba Purdy. Okay, I need a quarterback, Chubba Purdy. Okay, I need a quarterback, Chubba Purdy. Like, right now to say, hey, Chubba Purdy is going to be the starter next year, game one versus Northwestern, that statement would probably be seen as wrong and crazy and kind of like a hot take amongst some people. But I don't know if it's that crazy. I don't know if it's that crazy. Thought number five. Nebraska has five scholarship quarterbacks on their roster right now. Casey Thompson, Chubba Purdy, Logan Smothers, Heinrich Harburg, and Richard Torres. So simple question that I've heard some people throw out there. Are all five still going to be here for the start of next season? My guess is the most likely candidate to not be here for the start of next year is probably Logan Smothers. It just kind of feels like the writing's on the wall for him a little bit, which is a little unfortunate. You know, because he, I mean, he was fine in the, in the Iowa game, he was fine. But, again, Mark Whipple didn't recruit Logan Smothers. Mark Whipple has handpicked Chubba Purdy and, and Casey Thompson. It, I think Smothers seems to be best suited in a system that features his legs, a little bit of running, and I'm not totally sure that what this off, what this offense is going to be, if it's going to be like that. So my, my guess is Smothers goes through the spring and then maybe makes a move. Maybe. Then looking way into the future, kind of two years down the road, my guess would be that Richard Torres is in an interesting spot too because, again, Mark Whipple didn't recruit Richard Torres. It wouldn't shock me if he left after his freshman year because Casey Thompson's got two years. Chubba Purdy's got four years. It's a tough spot for, for, for Torres. And some of you may be yelling, Nick, what about Harburg? What do you think? You know what? I still find Heinrich Harburg intriguing. I do. 6'5", 200 pounds, good athlete, big arm. Again, I liked what I saw in flashes in the spring game. And... He is from Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska. He is from Nebraska, which likely impacts how much you will endure and hang in there at a school. Plus, he seems to potentially maybe fit better to the style of, of Whipple with his track record. Like when, when you watch Kenny Pickett play, it seems more like Harburg. Now, don't don't drive off the road. I'm not saying Heinrich Harburg is Kenny Pickett. I'm just saying like their frames, what they do, how they move, all this stuff, that seems more like Harburg than it does Smothers. So we'll see. Thought number six. With all that being said, here's my best guess for the depth chart at quarterback, game number one next year, taking on Northwestern. Starting quarterback, Casey Thompson. Backup, number two, Chubba Purdy. Third string, Heinrich Harburg. 
four-string Richard Torres. Thompson, Purdy, Harburg, Torres. That's my guess. Thought number seven is when the coffee, the cup of coffee really kicked in this morning. Thought, thought number seven is an interesting one, in my opinion. I wonder, and this is kind of more about Frost, but I wonder if we'll see a different approach in terms of allowing a quarterback to play through mistakes. Frost, and we talked about this a little bit at the top, but Frost was loyal probably to a fault and patient to a fault in some ways with letting Martinez play through bad days and bad stretches. And given the fact that, A, Frost is in win-now mode, which you're probably less likely to stick with a quarterback if he feels like he's costing them the game, and, B, he doesn't have the emotional bond with these two new portal quarterbacks like he had with Martinez. I can't imagine that that emotional connection and relationship is as deep as it was between Martinez and Frost as it is between Frost and now Chuba and Casey Thompson. I, I always felt like Scott Frost saw himself in Adrian Martinez in a weird way, and he projected his own past as a quarterback at Nebraska onto Adrian. And he he just he wanted it to work so bad that sometimes I think it blinded him just a little bit. And he likely doesn't have that same emotional mindset and bond to Thompson and, and Chubba Purdy, which will allow him to probably be a little bit more black and white with how he handles the quarterback position. Because point number three or C, whatever it was, whether I was doing numbers or letters, I'm not sure. Point number three is it also might not be 1,000% his decision on who is out there. Don't get me wrong, he's still the head coach and he's still going to have the final say on a lot of these kinds of things. But with Mark Whipple now here as an offensive coordinator and being a veteran coach, I do think there's going to be a more collaborative effort on the decisions on who is under center. Whereas before, it seemed like it was all frost all the time, no matter what. All I'm saying is, just think about it this way. When you're not guaranteed or worried about tomorrow, it impacts the decisions you make today. Let me repeat that. When you're not guaranteed or 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 way too preoccupied about tomorrow, the the decisions you you make today change. And for the first few years, I do think Frost felt like tomorrow, aka the next seasons and years were guaranteed. Now it's different. Now it's different. He better win today to get to tomorrow. And when that's the case, you probably think and operate differently. I'll be fascinated to see how that manifests itself in terms of allowing a quarterback to play through mistakes. Now, I'm certainly not suggesting or predicting that the second Casey Thompson throws a pick, you pull him, or the second Chubba Purdy has a bad quarter, you pull him. Like, I don't think it will be like that, and I don't think it should be like that. But a bad three quarters, a bad half, a bad two-game stretch, 
Is Scott Frost more apt to make a change given everything that is different with the situation? Hot seat, it's not Martinez anymore. You, you, it's not necessarily you're in control of everything offensively. I think it's going to be interesting to see what all that looks like. Thought number eight. You know, for for four years of Adrian Martinez, like, did Martinez have his shortcomings? No doubt about it. We've been down that road. We don't need to relitigate all that. But I still think I, I can say that and then still say that I still think what surrounded Martinez and surrounded the quarterback wasn't near good enough. So the question is, has that changed? What's, what's around the quarterback? How much has that changed? We tend to get tunnel vision, and I'm guilty of it because look at what I'm doing. I'm talking, I'm doing a whole podcast on the quarterbacks and the quarterback situation. We tend to get tunnel vision on the quarterback and forget about the other 10 guys on the field and the other phases of the game. I think the answer to what is around him and is if that definitively better is, is to be determined. You can swap out quarterbacks and have a quote-unquote better player there, but is that better player good enough to overcome a shaky offensive line, no real running back, okay skill guys, and bad special teams? You can rearrange the furniture all you want, but you still got to address the room. Meaning, you can't pin all of Nebraska's losing on Martinez, which I don't think everyone did, but it's also sometimes does get heaped onto him and how we talk about him. And just because you got a different guy now under center, I guess for me, I don't think that is the silver bullet to slay the losing werewolf going on at Memorial Stadium. You still got to get significantly better at running back and significantly better at the offensive line. You got to get significantly more dynamic and consistent with the, the skill guys on the perimeter. And you certainly have to get way better on special teams, which again, special teams determines field position, which impacts a quarterback, and deser- determines field goal kicking, which impacts games and play calling, et cetera, et cetera. So again, whatever analogy you want to throw on it, you can, you can slap a new coat of paint on a fence and think it's all good, but you better make sure that fence is fixed and solid. Or it's still a bad fence. I'm excited about Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy. I am. But they won't necessarily solve the other issues. It's important to keep that in mind. Thought number nine is is more of a question, and it, it's it, it's been discussed a little bit. But you know, how much will this offense feature a design quarterback run element? I'm really interested to see that. Because listen, ultimately, if if the tailback run game is still lacking, you might have to incorporate some quarterback run game to help out your overall run game. I still think Frost strikes me as a guy that likes to have an athlete and a mobile guy at that spot that and and wants to run that that guy a little bit. I'm not sure exactly what Mark Whipple wants. 
And I'm not sure exactly what Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy can do in the run game. I mean, certainly both guys are far from stiffs, but I don't, I don't know what that really all looks like. And I'm interested in what that, what that element of the offense shakes out to look like and be. And then thought number 10 is, is something I'm just curious to watch, see, read, hear. And i got to make sure I, I phrase this all correctly here. I'm really anxious to get to know and hear and read about how Mark Whipple, like how he speaks about the quarterback position and quarterbacking. Let me elaborate. So I can appreciate Mario Verduzco's authenticity and and what he believed. But the way he spoke about the quarterback position, and it always struck me as a little odd. It seemed a little too deep, a little tough to fully comprehend. And I always wondered if his style resonated with the players because don't confuse liking someone for them being an effective coach. There's no doubt Adrian Martinez liked Mario Verduzco, but that doesn't necessarily mean Mario Verduzco was an effective coach for Adrian Martinez because it's criminal the lack of progress that Martinez made. It's criminal. Now, again, don't get me wrong. Some of this is on Adrian Martinez Growth and development is a two-way street, but some of it is on the guy who worked with him every day for four years. I can't be alone on this. Like, I always scratched my head at the the language that Verduzco used and the things he talked about and the things he preached about quarterbacking. You know, there was the the anecdote that Mario Verduzco would administer a 50-page manual to each quarterback, and the quarterbacks would take an open book and then closed book tests on the playbook. Mario Verduzco would talk about Beethoven and various philosophers and physics, and other, which is fine, but that's typically not football language. Like, I, I was just Googled some stuff today. Like, even... I, Reading this paragraph in the Omaha World-Herald about Verdusco, this is a story from Sam McEwen about Verdusco. This is just a paragraph of the story. Verdusco talks at length about four domains of learning, affective, cognitive, psychomotor, and physical. Anyone who wants to start as Nebraska's quarterback had better be, quote, pretty good to great in each category, said Verdusco, who credits a former UCLA scientist and professor, Richard Schmidt, with much of his research he applies to his job. What? What are we talking about? Psychomotor? What? Like, he would, there would be times like, Verduzco would talk about the mechanics of throwing the football, which itself is an interesting topic and a relevant topic. But the way he would would discuss the mechanics, it was as if he was in a NASA lab coat trying to figure out the trajectory of launching a space bro onto Mars or something like that. I guess just the way he talked was always interesting to me because I just really tried to picture him in a room teaching the quarterback position to his players, and I wondered if the message was was fully understood all the time. I always, I always really tried to picture, especially when Verduzco went to the sidelines, like 
always tried to imagine in my head the things he preached and then tried to th- picture him speaking to Martinez before like the final drive of the of the Michigan game in the fourth quarter. I mean, like did it <laughs> like what did that sound like? Adrian. Remember Leonardo da Vinci's philosophy as it pertains to the metamorphosis of colors to life and remember the psychomotor recoil of the aerodynamics of your core principles in your feet. Good luck on first down, young man. Like that's I know I'm be, I'm kind of being an asshole here and all that like but that's like what he projected and how he talked, like I know I'm exaggerating that, but like it seems like it was closer to that than something else. And I feel like I feel mean, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm really not. I guess for me, I was always struck at how he spoke and how it just it didn't feel like football language to me. And if nothing else, the quarterback spot is a cerebral spot. And it's important to understand exactly what is being taught. And I can't help but wonder if the messages got lost in translation at times. Like, as a coach, if nothing else, you have to be an you have to be an excellent communicator. And the more simple the message is, the better. Can you get your player to understand what you are seeing and understand what you are saying? And for me, Verduzco always just seemed interesting in that regard. Now, that's not to say I he has to be the stereotypical meathead football coach and use nothing but football slang and be a man's man and, and just, you know, have a dip in and talk about, you know, we're going to beat Buffalo Wild Wings, going to have 50 wings, man. And as a quarterback, you just got to fucking sling that fucker on in there, Adrian. Hey, man. Get snapped, throw it on in there, man. Like, I'm not saying I want my quarterback coach to be like that. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm that. You know, I want that to to be the case. But it's just, I don't know. I mean, listen, Belichick's different than Nick Saban, and Saban is different than Tom Osborne. Like, there are a lot of ways to get it done and a lot of ways to communicate and talk and get your message across. But I guess I just always found Verduzco's approach and messaging and style interesting. And I always wondered how it really landed with the players in terms of absorbing and understanding what needed to be understood. I say all that to say, I'm really interested to hear how Mark Whipple speaks and what he preaches about quarterbacking, about the quarterback position, what he sees as important in the quarterback spot. And contrast it to what we've heard for four years. I mean, this guy's resume is pretty legit. Big Ben in the Steelers, coached him, coached in the Pro Bowl, just coached a Heisman candidate in Kenny Pickett, who's likely a first-round pick, and he's a 60-year-old veteran guy that's been around the block. I'll be really, really interested to hear more from the mind of, of Mark Whipple on the quarterback position. So there you go. Ten thoughts on Nebraska's quarterback situation right now, baby. Make sure you subscribe to the pod. Click that subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Really appreciate all the support. Really appreciate you downloading and listening and sharing the podcast. And we will catch you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Huda Media Production.